Anyway, I'm here. I can see that. And I'm I'm here, and I've got my little um, uh, high high tech, high definition, um, high quality, high price, um, professional recording device, which, mm -hmm. as you know, we use because only the top quality um, uh, 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 gubbins going on here at. Uh, I was going to say Frithcast Towers, but everybody says Towers, don't they? They do. What can we say? Uh, Frithcast, um, the spires of Frithcast. Uh, that's like the spires of Inarook. Yeah, a bit much. Yeah, the god yeah. of hate from EverQuest. Let's Might not, not do that. Okay. Um, what about the Frithcast uh, Grotto? I don't know. Grotto? Can we have a Grotto? I mean, probably. I mean, there's probably one down by the shoreline. There's usually some, like, wee little grottos there somewhere, isn't well, I th there? Well, I figure there must be, like, a... Because if you've got a, a path that goes down to the shoreline, past the, the, the starship hangar... And, and the submarine bay. And the submarine pen. Yeah. You get down to the coast. Well, that implies that the path is coming down the hill, oh, which... Maybe, yeah. Which you do, well, generally speaking, I mean, we're not in the Netherlands, which is the only place that springs readily to mind where the... the a lot of the land is under sea level. Um, yeah, London. I mean, the Marianas Trench, I suppose, is land under sea level. Yes. When you think about it. Yes. I mean, it it it's it is still land. It's just covered in water. A lot. Yes. I mean, I'm, I was using an an extreme example of you know the Challenger Deep being, but you could say the same for any any place. You could say, you know the. The continental shelf outside the, a continent is basically just like the middle of the English Channel. Then, don't they have those on walls? What the English Channel? Shelves. Shelves, generally, but they also have them on continents. But they're usually on continents. They're usually covered in water. Doggerland. You mean like the little pot dogs that people put on the shelves? Yeah. Because you can get like a little. The little ones, like Lilliput, what's it? No, mm. they didn't do animals, did they? They did little houses. They did. I don't know. Anyway, that. But basically, I figure if the if the path's going down the hill to the to the the the, the coach, the coach, the coach. We've got a coach. Where the land meets the sky. No. The coach meets <clears throat> the sky at the land. The land meets the sea. I didn't realise we had a coach. Is the coach line. I meant coast, obviously. What type of coach have we got? I'm interested in this now. We've got, I don't know, a football coach? Really? I don't know. I've never played football. If there's a football coach, I've never listened to them. Hmm. I'm not saying that, you know, maybe maybe there is. Maybe we've got a, a listener who's a football coach. That's different. I was thinking about the coach that you were just talking about there, that we'd go past where the land meets the sea, that coach. The stagecoach. Hmm. Which we, we we've got a stagecoach. We've got a stagecoach that goes back and forth along that bit of road every day, okay. several times. And it's like if we need a bit of extra money, we can just pop down there and rob it. I don't think I like this plan. They don't mind. They're happy. It's what they're there for. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's like um, Genghis Cohen, isn't it? And the Silver Horde. When Mr. Savaloy had to explain to him that, that in actual fact it is possible for money to legitimately belong to someone else. Because Geng Genghis and the Horde had this had this assumption that, you know, money only existed in the hands of other people, like so that they could go and rob it off them and take take it for themselves. Hmm. Hence the thing with the apple. See, I remember the thing with the apple. The thing with the apple, and that was why, is because Mr. Savalo was trying to explain the the concept of commerce because to them it was either it was either money that they owned and could spend on carousing and what have you, or it was money that somebody else was temporarily in possession of until they took it and then they would own it. And that was basically how it worked to them, in their in their in their in their minds. It was just. And now I'm thinking about apples. Have we got apples around here somewhere? I think there's a couple a couple downstairs. Hmm. Downstairs at the virtual campfire. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's not my fault. You decided that you wanted the campfire on a mezzanine. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but any.
anyway, all I was really saying was that I felt that if you went up, up to the virtual campfire a little while and then you followed the path up through the woods, like alongside the stream, there's a stream that runs through. Is and there? then, yes. Okay. And if you follow the path up, up, up along the stream, you get to a little um, lake, a little pond lake thing with like a little waterfall. And that's the grotto. Hmm. And there's a little cavern at the back where they live. I probably wouldn't go in there. Yeah. At certain times. Certainly not at particular times of year. And So virtual campfire, see definition for psychoreactive landscape. Yes. Okay. I'm getting the hang of this. I think I'm getting the hang of this. Well, look, it's it's kind of got to be, hasn't it? Because it's like, you know, I live here. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And, and I can't do it with the world I'm living in right now, so we might as well do it with this one. With this one, yeah. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So yeah, we have a grotto. the virtual campfire in the Frithcast Grotto. No, no. For this episode. Oh, we, we can put yeah. a campfire in the grotto. That's fine. Let's do that. Yeah, not in the lake, obviously. No, that would make get wet. But at the side of the lake. Then we put it on a dinghy. Well, you can. In the lake. But I think what we should have is like, there's a, the lake is like a big, big pond. Right? Uh -huh. and, and at the right time of year, it has tadpoles. Yeah? Mm. And little, and little puddocks. Okay. And, Things like that. And it has little... What are those little... Um, oh, uh, the insects. Dragonflies. Dragonflies. I was going to say the blue, the blue shiny ones. Dragonflies or mayflies? Mayflies are the stripy ones, aren't they? Yeah. I like those. I used to try and rescue those out of ponds when I was a kid. Mm. Stupid, because like, they only had like minutes to live. But it was like, <laughs> as far as I was concerned, it was like, the poor thing's drowning, rescue it. So I used to scoop them out of the water and lay them on the side in the sun so that they dry out and then they get up and fly away and then they just straight back in the water again. Yeah. I used to spend hours doing that. Well. Complete waste of my time. No, it's still good. They didn't give a I mean, they didn't. <laughs> Might have to edit that. <laughs> but anyway, yes, welcome to the grotto where where I don't ever swear because I'm really... Polite. <laughs> One of nature's polite people. <laughs> what? <laughs> um. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Okay. Why did you want to talk about something sensible? Yeah, possibly. Okay, fair enough. Hello, lovely listeners. Hello. Welcome around the virtual campfire in the Frithcast Grotto. It's new. It's new. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the grotto space. Settle in, warm your knees, get a drink of choice. Welcome and welcome to Frithcast episode 119. Have a biscuit. I can't give you a proper biscuit because obviously... We're not real. We're just voices on your podcast. Um, but imagine I've, I'm offering you a biscuit. Uh huh. I mean, that's jolly lovely of you. I'm trying to be social. I'm trying to be like welcoming and hospitable. It's very nice. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Thank you. Carry on. Thanks. I'm Suzanne Martin. I am half your hosting team here at the Frithcast. Grotto. Frithcast Tower Grotto. Frithcast Tower Grotto. 
I'm a heathen with a head full of stuff. Some of it is useful, and the grotto is a new addition to it. Kate! I'm going to have to draw a map, aren't I? Don't do it. I'm going to have to do a map. Do not do it. You will just... You will take a three-dimensional psychoreactive space and attempt to put it on a two-dimensional surface. It might not work very well. Yeah, but I'm terrible at art, so it might actually come out quite... Might work in your favour, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hello. Yes, um, I'm, I'm Kate. I'm, um, I'm a... I'm a, 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 a basically, I'm a sort of druidy thing, coffee-powered mostly. Um... And I, I, I sort of hang out here because it's where I live. Um, and uh, it's cold outside. So, I mean, obviously we're outside, you know, we around are. the campfire. The grotto is not indoors. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but you know, in, 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 it's a, if, <clears throat> if, <clears throat> if, for example, the grotto was a room in our house, then outside would be very cold right now. It so would. So I'm here participating. That's a good in, theory. In the recording. <laughs> <laughs> For lack of wanting to be anywhere else. <laughs> did I sound enthusiastic you enough? You did. Beautifully so. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, here we are. And um, what are we? What are we going to be um, subjecting the lovely listeners to uh, this week? Fortnight. Fortnight. Time. Time. This yeah. time. This time. This episode. Yes. Is going to be what? Well, it's been a while since we looked at mental health through the lens of heathenry. Mm -hmm. So I thought this episode we'd take a bit of a pause. At the time of recording, we're around early December 2021. Yep. Let's face it, the majority of people around the virtual campfire have been dealing with a global disaster for around the last two years. Is been a pretty crappy couple of years. It's, yeah, and time's done very toffy things. Yeah. It's done very kind of like, you know, a whole day lasts an entire month because we're working online from home. And then <sighs> we take a blink and suddenly it's three months later than we thought it was. Yep. All of that. It's been doing some very wibbly wobbly stuff. It really has. It really has. And it's kind of going to mess with our mental health. It's pretty guaranteed that to some greater or lesser extent, it's going to mess with our mental health. It's kind of the fact and the fact that it's been going on as long as it has. You might think, well, surely by now it should be it should feel normal. You know, and, and perhaps in some ways it does and in, in other ways it's still unpredictable and, alien and, and nasty yeah and, yeah and this is i imagine this is possibly true true if you are um because we're we're in a a country where the rules change quite frequently they do and i'm i'm not doing commentary i'm just stating the fact that the rules change quite a lot here and that uncertainty can add to the anxiety that we hold yes hugely it, it prevents us from adapting <clears throat> long term yeah because we can't anticipate the change mm. and even if we can anticipate the change change is something that most people really don't get on with very true whether we know it's coming or we don't we tend to get all anxious and not really sure until things were past that change point and things have started settling yeah only the last two years Things haven't really settled. There's been a lot of uncertainty and a lot of people have been experiencing anxiety and heightened anxiety over the things that have been going on. Yep. So I kind of figured maybe it's time we have a bit of a pause around the virtual campfire in its new home at Frithcast Grotto, <laughs> wherever we end up being that maybe it's a bit of a time to do a little bit of a pause and a little bit of a reflect and maybe explore a little bit about what anxiety is. Okay. What it does, because there might be some among us, maybe one or two, who've experienced that kind of like overthinking, mm -hmm. the brain not wanting to stop, 
the brain carrying on and and picturing the most amazingly detailed horrible scenarios in beautiful technicolor and dolby surround sound there may well be several people listening who fit that bill <laughs> and i know not. damn well there's one recording <laughs> who fits that bill i think you'll find this too <laughs> So I figured maybe it's time to have a look at what our bodies do and through the lens of being heathen. Okay. So what exactly is anxiety? What does it do to us? And why on earth? How does it do what it does? <clears throat> because what it does is quite, it's quite remarkable in a way, but it's a pain in the backside when you're in it. Mm, mm. Because all manner of things are firing off like a, a bucket of fireworks with a match dropped in it. <laughs> and you're just like, what is going on? And how do I even start trying to get a handle on? I can't even find the lid for this bucket. And it's all <laughs> shooting off in six different directions. And how, how do I do this? Don't put, don't put fireworks in buckets. No. That's, that's bad practice. Yeah, it is. I'm fairly sure. It is if you don't have a big solid lid for them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know about that because, I mean, surely if you put a firework in a container and put a big solid lid on it, basically what you've made is a bomb. Well, the idea of the lid is generally to stop the sparks getting into it. Oh, I see! Not it's to like contain the explosion. Protective. I mean, you could try that as well, but it's also a protective cover or container yeah, fair enough. To, to stop that from happening in the first place. So that you are preventing the bomb effect, not causing it. Excellent. Kate, thank you. Sorry. Why did your brain, why was its first thought, make a bomb? I declined to answer that on the grounds. <laughs> but I've got to, I declined to answer that on the grounds that we've got to publish this to a podcast hosting platform. And I don't want GCHQ coming and knocking on my door. <laughs> and we're back to episode one again, aren't we? Hello, GCHQ. Hello, GCHQ. Okay, so, anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's like, when we get anxious, several things happen. And I'm talking about the things, maybe beyond our day-to-day -day anxieties, where we start getting something that we might label as an anxiety attack or a panic attack. Okay. What happens when that happens? And for a heathen, it's like our brain is hardwired to define threats mm -hmm. it's looking for them yeah and when we have a highly anxious brain it's almost looking for them permanently full-time all you know overwatch scanners are on yeah yeah everything is is like are you a threat are you a threat are you a threat no you're a door you're a squirrel mm. you're a biscuit tin you might be a threat and have a firework in it i'm not sure yet <laughs> it's all of that and it's this constant assessing and threat checking yeah and for heathens it's like we're always looking for the invisible Jotun okay and we're trying to figure out where it is mm. and sometimes our brain thinks it sees the invisible Jotun and so it basically hits the big red alarm bell it you know runs up the bell tower clangs the the community bell Runs up the watchtower, lights the signal fires. Gondor calls for aid! Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's doing the it's doing the signal fire thing. It's doing the beacon thing. It's doing the ee, 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 ee yeah, thing. It's hitting that big red button in that your should, brain. That should be easy to find on the waveform. It should. When it comes to doing the editing. <laughs> it should. <laughs> So it hits the big red alarm button that does not bring the big good cup of joe. Mm, mm. It hits the other bigger red alarm button that looks exactly like the good cup of joe red alarm button, but is not the cup of joe red alarm button. Yeah. When it does that, your body kind of kicks in and it does several things at once and it does them faster than you can think about doing them. Yeah. It's an automatic response mm -hmm. and it's a bit like when you read people in the sagas who go from completely like normal and having a civilized conversation into this absolute wild mad rage in half a sentence or even in a breath 
it's that kind of fast fast reflex fast action response mm, mm. and it does several things that we now know about in the modern age but they probably didn't know about back then they just knew that in certain circumstances you press this guy's buttons and he will go up like off, a rocket off he goes off he goes so for us in the modern era knowing where our buttons are and what happens when they get pressed really useful mm. yeah i mean we 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 would obviously have a, a perhaps a more sophisticated understanding of of things like um i mean i don't know i'm not a neurologist or anything like that or an endocrinologist but you have things like sort of all the chemicals and whatever that go rushing around the place and, and yeah we've and got we're gonna have we talk about some of those we've got some of those going on yeah and li light up all the various bits and pieces in that case mm. i will let you carry on please no, no, carry it's on. Good. please but yeah i was just saying it's like it's like back in the day you know you didn't have an understanding of, of, of you knew what the effects were but you didn't know why it was happening yes yeah now we've got a better idea and the bit of you that is responsible for your anxiety response is called the polyvagal nerve okay the polyvagal nerve runs from your brain down the back of your spine and all the way around your sort of squiggly soft bits around your belly and your intestines and your guts ew yeah i know i don't like those bits i know you don't like those bits that's fine polyvagal nerve kind of connects to a whole lot of places i don't and like biological bits really is your brain is <laughs> He's constantly doing that threat assessment. Mm. A bit like, you know, the Havamal says, walk into a room right in the first few verses. Walk in, look around, because you don't know where the threat's going to come from. Mm. So, yes, we're going to be doing that, but we're going to be doing it with the moderation, which the Havamal also talks about. Also, check above you. Yeah, always. Because it always drives me crackers when you see these 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 movies where... Where the heroes, you know, be they soldiers or police officers or, or, or whoever it is we're supposed to be rooting for. And they'll be creeping around a building, you know, guns in hand. And they'll get into a room and you'll see somebody go into the room and they'll do the sort of side to side. To side. There's always a monster on the ceiling. Always. Always. Mm. But they never look up. They do not. They're like Big Al and his dogs. In Shaun of the Dead. Well, they kept saying that Big Al said that dogs can't look up. I mean, he was wrong, mm. obviously, because they can. But I'm just saying it's like that. But they never look up, is what I'm saying. Don't, not dogs. Heroes. Heroes never look up. And they really should, because the number of times they get dropped on. Reminds me of, you know, the, the biggest, baddest flying beastie in Avatar. Why would he need to look up? Because he's the biggest thing out here. So yeah. I'm going to fly above him and drop on him. Yes, exactly. Yes, like that. Exactly. Also, like River Tam. Or that battered pizza thing that dropped on um, Spock in Operation Annihilate. A battered pizza thing. It was like a. It was like a sort of. Well, it was like more like a sort of splat. Yeah, it was like a sort of flat thing like a piece of batter pudding and it just like that on him i'm just saying and 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 really if he'd sort of anyway carry on you were saying avatar yes yes polyvagal nerve polyvagal nerve was what you were actually talking about does quite a few things mm -hmm. it the first one of the first things it does is basically take your ability to think logically offline completely offline helpful yeah, no, not hugely helpful. <laughs> what it leaves you with is the bit of the brain that runs away from Jotuns. Okay, fair enough. Because it puts that bit in charge because it's got a very base set of commands. But it doesn't have the logical brain, the thinking brain, takes that completely offline. But would the logical thinking brain still not want to run away from Jotuns? I mean... It's possible, but it might spend too much time thinking about yeah. it, which no, is why it. your polyvagal nerve essentially takes that part of your brain completely off. It's like Rincewind. Turns it off. In Discworld. Mm. Rincewind always says, Rincewind the wizard, who is, is, is renowned and is probably the first person to admit he's a bit of a coward, um, tends to run away from things. Mm. And his his like golden rule 
is only ever concentrate on running from. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about where you're running to. Yeah, just away. Just run from. Yeah. <laughs> In the general direction of away. Yeah. So yes, your your thinking brain, your logical brain, the reasoning part of your brain shuts down. Okay. So if you're really, really deep into anxiety or you're with somebody that's very, very deep into an anxiety attack or a panic attack, you will not be able to reason with them because that part of their brain isn't turned on. Mm. It won't work. It won't be there. It's rebooting. It's, yeah, it's temporarily down for defragmenting because <laughs> it is not coming back online for a little while. Yeah. So that happens. It's changing your brain functions and where they go. Mm. A second change. Your body starts producing adrenaline and supplies it in great quantities. Yes. To all of your muscles. Yeah, have loads of this. Have loads of this, which for a very very short period of time makes you stronger yes and faster yes it also that's the whole daft punk thing the whole harder faster what's it do i don't think it makes you bigger thingy. no but do they say bigger uh, it doesn't matter carry on the whole other thing that happens is that your senses enhance your eyesight gets sharper mm. your hearing gets more acute your sense of touch and taste and smell all go up through the roof yeah inside the body in the squiggly bits there you've got a spleen there it's the i bit... don't want a spleen i mean i do obviously but well the spleen that little squidgy bit yeah produces uh it, it ups what it normally does yeah and it produces a huge amount of red blood cells because it reasons that if you're going into fight or flight Okay. If you're going to battle an invisible Jotun. Yeah. Then you're going to need all the help you can get if you get hit. You need more blood. You need more blood. You need a larger amount of red blood cells because they're what you use for clotting. But surely... Oh, okay, fair enough. Because I was going to say, because surely if you were going to battle against a Jotun, what you need is less blood so that when they poke holes in you, less of it falls out. Yes, but <laughs> blood is also responsible for clotting which means it mends injury that's on the outside of you. True. It's not brilliant at mending injury on the inside of you, but on the outside of you, it's great. Mixes with oxygen, hardens up, does its protective coating thing. So the spleen goes, I will make more of this stuff. Okay. Yeah. Shiny. It's very shiny. Mm. So let's review what happens to you <laughs> when you get into the middle of an anxiety episode attack experience whatever you want to call it mm. okay so your senses enhance your strength enhances your speed enhances yeah yeah you get shed loads of adrenaline and the reasonable logical thinking part of your brain goes offline right yeah yeah one of the other odd little things that happens is that your polyvagal nerve sends a, a signal to your stomach and your guts to stop doing the work it's doing, shut it down. Okay. Because if there's no bones at the front of your belly. No, true. And if you get hit there mm -hmm. and there's kind of digestive work going on, there's going to be acid going all over the place and stuff happening. So the, 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 the body goes, no, stop that from happening. Shut it all down. Biology's horrible. <laughs> it really is. So this is what happens to you. Bring on the Borg. I'm... You're ready for it. I'm ready you, for it. I okay. really am. This is what happens to you when you experience anxiety. These are all the physiological things. Yeah. You get harder, faster, stronger. Your senses enhance. In essence, you become a berserker superhero for about <laughs> 10 minutes. Your body can turn you into that superhero, but you've got no logical thought that goes with it. There's no thinking brain that happens there. There's no reason you are just a, a a superhero, a berserker running on instinct Yeah. for about 10, 15 minutes. Now, I don't want to leap ahead. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to, you know, steal your thunder or anything like that. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to hazard a guess. Okay. That 10 minutes of... Berserk superhero. Yeah. Comes with a price. It doesn't, it doesn't. 
Okay. See, uh, you're ten minutes of Berserk superhero because you're battling an invisible Jotun. Indeed. So your body literally switches on the superhero button. Yeah. And it does that so that your body's capable of doing what it needs to do, which is generally either fight the invisible Jotun yeah. or run away from the invisible <clears throat> Jotun. Indeed. The... The reaction is now understood to be a little bit more nuanced, but it used to be known as the fight or flight. Yeah. It's now fight, flight, fawn, freeze, faint. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Fight, fight, flight, what? Fawn, freeze or faint. Fawn? Fawn is to act subservient to the threat. Oh, fawn, yeah, okay, fair to, enough. To fawn over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah, make yeah. yourself a submissive ally. Yeah. To whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Freeze. A freeze, you I know. literally do that. Yep. Yeah, there is no... Freeze, I'm sorry to say I've encountered. Freeze, yes. <laughs> and faint, you literally play dead. You just switch off. You switch, the whole thing switches off. Yep, yep. So ordinarily it used to be the fight or flight response. There's now known to be five distinct responses. Fight, fight, fawn, freeze, faint. Yeah. So... Faster. Say it faster. Faff, 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 faff. Yeah, so... There's now five recognised responses to an invisible Jotun okay. as a heathen. Fight or flight are the two main ones. You may also encounter the other three. Right. Yeah. So you may get to the point where you get into the state of high anxiety because you've got to do something that you're really not sure about and you'll end up fainting. Yeah. And you'll end up doing that every single time. It's your fight flight. It turns you into superhero but it's trying to save your life by playing dead. Yeah. It's saying there's a big threat in here. If we play dead, we'll ignore, we'll get ignored and we get to live. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all do. I know, you know, I know many, many animals do it. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's like rabbits. Yeah. Rabbits do freeze more than... Rabbits do freeze. Quite yes. a lot. Um, I, I know I've had to break to avoid quite a lot of them. Yeah, going... Over the years. <laughs> Lights. Because they, they either do the... They either do the flight thing and then they run in zigzags in front of your car. Yes. Which is very annoying because it's like it, just when you think they're going to get clear of the road and you can start mm. speeding up again, they'll, they'll suddenly go, no, that way! And and go yeah. back across again. Yeah. Um, but quite often they'll, and, and deer as well, are, are, run out, are fairly famous, I think, for, for doing it where they'll they'll see something, you know, you'll be driving along in the, in the middle of the night and finds something in the middle of the road and it's just sort of looking at you and standing there and it's like well now what now what yeah <laughs> <laughs> now what do i do with that yeah yeah it's that part of your brain that is more enamored with the idea of survival than logic yeah Fair <laughs> the logical part goes offline <laughs> you're left with the survival part these are some of the techniques that it uses mm. so it turns you into a superhero berserker for 10 minutes so you can either have the fight and anybody who's been in reenactment or who trains in martial arts will tell you that a 10 minute fight is an absolute eternity. Yeah. <laughs> because it is huge. And I imagine anybody who's in, been in the actual military or anything like that yeah. who's had to had to do a 10 minute actual fight. It's, <laughs> it's an absolute <laughs> eternity. It is huge. Do not want to be in a 10 minute no, fight. No, not really. No. no. So. Or boxers or. Yeah. Yeah, all of them people, anyway. So, so, yeah, what happens at the end of that time Yeah, is your body kind of stops being a superhero, but it takes a while for things to come back online again. Yeah. So your reasoning and logic brain is very, very slow to come back. Mm. The adrenaline will leave your system like that. It will leave yeah. it very, very quickly, which means you might feel nauseous, you might feel lightheaded, you might feel a bit shaky. Yeah. You might end up not feeling like you want to eat for an hour or two afterwards. Yeah. Because your guts are still coming back online again and starting to go, oh, yeah, I remember what we're doing. And that yeah. it takes a while. But basically, if you don't actually go into battling an invisible Jotun or running away from an invisible Jotun, mm. all of those physiological things play merry hob with your insides. Well, I suppose Absolute Mary Hobb. I suppose they're gonna because you you you're gonna end up. I mean, I, my my understanding of these things is fairly limited. It's only been, you know, I've I've been on uh, uh, I've been on a couple of courses that have touched on anxiety responses and things, um, and or in in 
you need sort of like emergency reactions, you know, when somebody's in a in a, a, a vehicle collision or something like that. Mm. <clears throat> and you'll but often find kicks in exactly the same. Yeah, and you'll often find because you people are, people will often report that that moment of slowing down, mm. where everything seems to be going a bit slow more slowly. You get that and... hyper awareness of every tiny detail. Yeah, yeah. There's your senses going hyping up into berserker mode. And of course, there's not necessarily anything you can do. I mean, I've been in I've been in uh, vehicle collisions myself. I mean, I where I <laughs> sound like it happens all the time, but. You know, uh, on one occasion a few years back, I was I, I ran into slid into a wall in the snow, mm. um, and it was uh, I, I was going very slowly, um, but it was just too much for the for the, the traction that I'd got, and it slid and <clears throat> and into the wall we went, and um, I'm and yeah, I mean I I felt quite weird after that, presumably because as the vehicle was sliding and I'm trying to get sort of get control of it and whatever, but Presumably at that point, my adrenaline started to kick in. Mm-hmm. But because I all I had, there wasn't anything I could do. I couldn't run away. I couldn't fight. There was nothing no. to fight. <clears throat> there was there, there was you know little to be done by freezing. You know, and all this kind of thing. I clonk into the wall. The airbags went off, which was annoying, um, <laughs> because the car was fine. But that wrote it off. Anyway, never mind. Doesn't matter. But the point is, I kept, I got out of the vehicle, and feeling weird because obviously that adrenaline's flooded my system mm-hmm. but then it's got nowhere to go it's got nothing to do no it's got nothing to do and it basically sits there and sparks around your insides mm. until it gets turned off yeah and when it does that you end up getting that lightheaded feeling you might feel a bit sick you might get your knees wobbling a bit or your mm. body start you get you get the shakes yeah, yeah, yeah because the adrenaline's just turned itself off like a tap yeah so your brain's got a whole store of this stuff mm-hmm. that it can let out when it wants to <laughs> and then put back in the box again. Oh, help us. And make you some more adrenaline. So, yeah, it's it's an odd thing because after you've kind of experienced that, and it might not be for a very long time, it, it feels phenomenal. When you're in it, it feels like a whole afternoon. Yeah. But in reality, it's... Maybe 10 minutes, yeah. a few minutes, if that. But it feels like such an intense dissociative experience almost because mm. your thinking logical brain is offline. The only bit of brain you've got left is the bit that says, right, there's a threat yeah, and I need to deal with it. So I'm going to go berserk for 10 minutes yeah, and then I'm going to figure out what I and need your, to do. And your thinking brain, the bit of your brain that is, is, is sort of your everyday you, mm ends up sort of sitting there as a passenger watching yeah kind you of know, thing mr hyde or ms hyde or whatever doing mix the... mix hyde mix hyde no sorry there's a hailstorm song called ms hyde that's all oh okay um i did not know this but uh, there's no reason why you should it was an incredibly <laughs> obscure reference um but um but we i mean we started off talking about the fact that you know this situation has been going on. The pandemic has been has been sort of going on now for for, for two years, more or less. Uh, it certainly feels like two years. It might not be as long as that, but um, and we've got obviously different people around, different different societies around the world have dealt with it in different ways. Different countries have been affected by it differently and hit hard more hard, more or less hard than others. But for all of us, it's been there in the background, even if mm. it hasn't touched us directly or even if it hasn't um you know whether we've we've actually suffered with it or not or you know whether we've had and we have anxieties relating to and i think this was basically what what we were sort of um thinking about sort of initially was we've had anxieties relating to this but anxiety is a short-term response it's a short it's a response a short-term response to immediate threat or yes. imminent threat. Yeah. And of course, we're not in that situation. Yeah, we've been holding that anxiety response to what we see as a threat, mm. which has been a global disaster. Yeah. That has been encompassing every country on the globe. There is probably not a family out there that has not been affected in some way by what's going on. Mm. Mm. It's our neighbours, our teachers, our dentists yeah our taxi drivers our families 
Mm. Our classmates, our cellmates, the people who work alongside us when we go to work, mm. the people that we see every day, every single person yeah. is affected by this. And, and what? that anxiety is, is not built for a long-term response. No. So we have been, when we get anxious, those those responses start prepping to happen and we cannot keeping your body in that heightened state of awareness mm. constantly scanning for threats and going into that kind of active scan mode mm. you can't sustain that no it it really does play merry hob with your insides yeah but there is nowhere on the planet to go that doesn't have it yeah so how do we handle that in terms of being heathen and in terms of trying to benefit our mental health or have positive well-being for ourselves how do we look at that through the lens of our faith i i mean i i i'm going to ask you for your thoughts on that in a moment i mean i can't look at it from through the lens of my faith because my my faith doesn't sort of I, I basically just shout at the government on social media <laughs> and, that, and, and complain a lot um, and snark. And that's basically how I deal. Um. Yeah, we've got to find some way of dealing with this, mm. some way that recharges our batteries and allows us to take breaks where we can and allows us to... We will each have things that we can do that recharge our batteries. Mm. That's a good first step, is knowing what those things are. Yeah. When we start feeling ourselves going up that stress ladder and heading towards anxiety, mm. heading towards uncontrollable thoughts, heading towards eating and sleeping patterns being disturbed, heading towards um, emotional outbursts, starting to either feel huge amounts of lethargy or being so active that we can't sit still and we can't focus. Yeah. We'll do one or the other. And we'll do a range of these things every time. So knowing ourselves well enough that we know where our breakpoints are, if you like. Yeah. And we know what triggers us. And triggers is a it's an odd word, but it essentially means something that creates a response in us that is can sometimes be overwhelming can sometimes be very strong mm. if we know what those things are that spark our anxiety that's a huge step in knowing what to do about it now there are a lot of resources uh, out there i mean thankfully people are um the, the media culture and society in general is is very thankfully becoming a lot more uh, I don't want to say sensitive to, but a lot more aware of some of the, the, the issues surrounding mental health and, and the, the ways it can affect different people and so forth. And there are a lot of resources out there for people to, uh, you know, try sort of try to address some of the, 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 the states that they might end up dealing with if you see what I mean so you, mm. you know anxiety states depression states all this sort of thing mm -hmm. those resources are available for because they affect all of us <clears throat> you know uh, at some point or another and to some extent and to to, to whatever uh, you know frequency and how how long it goes on will vary wildly from person to person but but a great many of us will have some experience of these things yeah whether we're heathen or not yes um but what specific, I mean, are there specific things that that heathen, uh, I'll say mythology, um, the, the, the sort of other lessons that can be learned from, you know, the, 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 the gods or whoever as to how, I mean, I'm very conscious of the, the, the standard imagery is, you know, the, the, the Norse gods tend to sort of just hit things until they stop being a problem. <laughs> well, yes, there are. There is one in particular. In, that I'm I, thinking of one in particular. I, has that particular response, but but I yeah. but I often find that that when you actually look into the stories, you actually find there there are a lot more sort of nuance than that. A lot a lot more sort of. I'm, so I'm I'm sort of I'm just wondering if there is anything specific that heathens might 
might sort of look to? Or Yeah, I think for me the Havamal has a lot of information I can pull on out of that. Mm. Um, the first verse is that, you know, watching, being watchful when you go into a room watching for threats. It's mm. what mm. we do when our body kicks that anxiety and it's right there, yeah. right in the beginning of the guest right. There are sections in there on maybe how to things that we can take on on how to promote good mental health. Hmm. Things like talking with friends, sitting with friends at the table, taking wise counsel, like going to a friend's house, even if it's a long distance, hmm. being able to make that journey to see that person and not arriving hungry because then you're focused on the food <laughs> and not on the friendship, but being able to share food being able to sit and be with people and enjoy their company. Mm. Being never able go to with nothing hold, in your hand. Never go with nothing in your hand. Thank you, Scotland. <laughs> and, and being able to sit and enjoy that company with those around you. Mm. And there might be times where you think, yeah, I'm not really up for that right now. Yeah. And that's okay. And it's doing what? what you feel will benefit you at any given point that's that's part of the i think the modern nuance of it yeah is to this is not an entire fix all for everything this is just one of the options that you can look at mm, mm. the havamal speaks greatly of doing things in moderation yes and not drinking too much well i can't <laughs> i was never going to agree with the havamal on everything you know <laughs> And we certainly see anxiety and depression coming through in the mid-cycle. Depression's not one we've talked about a whole lot in this episode, but I'm guessing most people out there have either experienced it or they've seen somebody else experienced it, mm. or they've got a really good idea of what it's going to be like. Yeah. So when anxiety, when you've got Baldo going to his mother and saying, I've you know, this is my dream, this is what I'm worried about, her fear for the future causes her to go and talk to every living thing. Yeah. Her anxiety about what that dream might mean, mm. that fear is an ultimately a um, self-defeating behaviour in a way. What she does causes it to bring it about, where she feels that she's helping, yeah. she's looking to prevent... It actually ultimately doesn't. You also see after the death of Baldur that Odin becomes a lot more morose. Yeah. He becomes a lot less likely to seek out friends and counsel and he's a lot more sharp with his words. Mm. He's a lot less frequent in what he says and who he says it to. He doesn't go wandering as much as he used to do. He sits and he worries about what the future holds because his son has died yeah one of his sons has died so unexpectedly that they saw it coming but they didn't see it coming yeah so his worry is then the fact his anxiety for the future mm. his absolute worry about what what may come to pass when i was talking about the fact that you're your brain will provide you with intensely detailed scenarios about what precisely can go wrong and exactly yeah. how horrible it's going to be. Yeah, that's what comes to mind when I'm getting that image is, is Odin, after the death of his son, not only is he dealing with his grief, loss, his bereavement for somebody who is never meant to die, mm. but he's also seeing the larger picture beyond that yeah. and seeing all the way up to the end of the world's. And the enormity of that decision, those decisions that come up to that point is just, mm. it's huge. That mm. is a huge weight to carry. And so, yeah, I think we can see the gods experiencing anxiety, yeah. especially that overthinking, over worrying, trying to prevent things that end up coming to pass anyway. Yep those self-defeating behaviours. We see grief, we see bereavement, we see depression. Mm. We see Nana's reaction at Baldur's funeral. 
and all the gods reacting in in these hugely you know expressing grief in many different ways yeah and grief and loss must have been very familiar to them as it is to us mm. especially in this time when we we're all facing so much loss yeah so much change so i think there are certainly things for me that if i'm starting to feel anxiety a it's important for me to know what my body is precisely doing because that helps me understand my body doesn't feel like it's just kind of doing stuff without me understanding what yeah. it is why am i feeling this specific thing and why is yeah where does that come from mm. what is it and I can use that so that when I start feeling those first understandings of anxiety, I go, ah, I know where this goes. Yeah. I'm going to try and head it off at the pass. Mm. I know what this, you know, what this combination of sword moves is. I know what this ambush trading route is. I know yeah. where this goes. I don't have to walk into that. Mm. I can choose to take it a different direction. And if I'm making that choice, then my thinking brain is still online. Yes. And I've got half a chance of diverting myself off sideways. Mm -hmm. Because once my thinking brain goes offline, it might be about 15, 20 minutes before it comes back online again and I can start thinking for myself. Yeah. So, yeah, I've experienced anxiety. I've experienced anxiety attacks. I've experienced depression. Mm. Um, with, like, anxiety attacks, it's not just your, you know, you get flooded with adrenaline and your spleen starts doing red blood cells and all your senses, your senses go into hyperdrive, your breathing gets faster. Yeah. And your heart rate goes up <clears throat> because you're trying to get oxygen to every single last muscle just in case you have to hit something or run away. <laughs> so you'll or start... Or fawn over something. Or fawn over... <laughs> yeah, maybe not quite with that, but you'll start... Might start noticing those bits first. Yeah. So for me, it's noticing what comes first for me mm. what are those very very early little rumbles of that earthquake coming in and i can go oh right okay that's about to happen let me just let's find another way out of this yeah let's take myself out of this situation let's go and think about something else let's do something else for five minutes until i can just control that reaction mm. and then look at if i need to go back into that situation being doing it aware yeah because sometimes your brain hits the big red button and you can't figure out why. Yeah. What it's related to, what it's attached to. So you might find that every time you walk into a classroom, your brain hits the big red button. Mm. And it's nothing to do with the tutor or the other people who are in there with that class or the subject that's being taught. It's the physical act of walking through the door. Yeah. And you only get to track that down if you start kind of understanding where that reaction what that reaction is or what it's specifically caused by yeah and once you've run down to what is my specific what is the shape and size of my specific invisible Jotun <laughs> what exactly is it about this situation that I am finding anxiety inducing yeah and that I have found incredibly useful and then and you can hit it with a hammer then you can hit it with a hammer <laughs> or a stick or a sword or your fist, whatever. It's yeah. all good. But yeah, fight the invisible Jotun if that's what you choose to do. Yeah. Or you can choose to do something else. And while you're still making a choice, your thinking brain is still online. Yeah. And the goal is to try and keep it online. Yeah. <laughs> to keep it with you, to keep it there, to keep it looking around and analysing. Mm. And yeah, so for me looking at anxiety especially over the last couple of years i've found my anxiety has heightened much yeah. like everybody else's yeah probably every single person around this virtual campfire has found that their anxiety or their emotions their experiences of depression have all kind of gone a bit skew with yeah they've all gone a bit you know they've started moving towards a more exaggerated version of what they were previously yeah because we're dealing with this heightened, prolonged situation, mm. which kind of pushes us all toward closer towards these anxiety responses and identifying a threat where there might not be one. Yeah. Is it a false alarm? Is it 
an actual threat? Is it a false alarm? Is the reaction proportionate to what's actually there? Yes. And for that, you need your thinking brain. Yeah. You need to keep it online. <laughs> it needs to stay there so that you don't kind of charge into your supermarket and, I don't know, hit the assistant with a big stick because don't your do brain is viewing do them as a threat. Don't do that. No, don't do that. <laughs> Try to do something a little bit more proportionate <clears throat> to what's going on. Adam. I had a relative who, who, who once set about a, a nurse while uh, she was in hospital um, uh, trying to trying to attack the nurse because she, she thought she was an alien. She thought the nurse was an she alien. Thought the nurse she was thought an alien. she was an alien. Well, she was on drugs. Yeah. Legal drugs. Yes. You know, drugs that they'd given Appropriate her. to the situation. And, yeah. and the drugs had led her to believe that the nurse was actually an alien trying coming for her. Mm. So she did try to... Well, yeah, you would. Fight off the alien. Yeah, of course you would. Well, that, you know. Yeah. Oh, it's apropos of nothing, I just thought. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that it kind of like... My anxiety over the last two years has probably increased. Mm. But I can understand why. Yeah. And I'm understanding... I understand most of my own big triggers, the things that trigger my anxiety... And sometimes it's things we can do something about and sometimes it isn't. Yeah. So you might find that it's things like job interviews or exams or test situations. And yeah, of course they're going to make you anxious because mm. you've mm. got that element of uncertainty in that situation. Yeah. And you are hoping for one specific result, but you also know that there are opportunities for other results. Yes. In that same time period. So, yeah, of course you're going to feel anxious, but it's the level of anxiety mm. and whether that starts dropping after that situation or whether it just stays there or increases after that situation that you've maybe got to look at and just go through. So, for me, knowing what my body does yeah. when it starts going into that anxious state and what I can do to be aware of myself in that state what I can do to know myself, what I can do to be in moderation, but also, as the Havamal, the first verses say, go into a room and look about because you don't know where the threat's coming from. Yeah. But it also talks about doing things in moderation. Mm. It also talks about connections to family and valuing friendships and support that you can get from your peers. And so I think the Havamal in a way seen through the lens of heathenism anxiety is it's very much in there yeah and there are parts of that that we can definitely use to inform our own understanding of our own anxieties and our own understanding of our own faith as well hmm. so yeah indeed maybe a bit of an odd one for you today lovely listeners well but you know we kind of do oddball ones every now and again <laughs> every now and again we just do you know strange rabbit hole episodes and every now and again we just sit down and talk something through normal service will probably be resumed as soon as possible but well yeah because next episode yeah is episode 120 120 120 it isn't 120 happens to be a very special one because i believe 120 corresponds with something does it not it does. It corresponds with it being the last episode of 2021. So it will be released around Yule of 2021. Mm -hmm. And as has been our tradition for the last nearly five years. So for the last four years, we have released a random reel around Yule time. Yes. Lovely listeners. Your next episode will be one somewhere in a different place and position on the scale <laughs> to this one. You will be hopefully gifted with a random reel mm -hmm. around the 21st of December 2021. Random reel number five, The Reel Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> episode five. Episode five, <laughs> The Reel Strikes Well, random reel five, The Reel Strikes Back. Yep. Episode 120. So we will see you back around the virtual campfire, either in its usual clearing place or around the grotto, whichever is your preference. Maybe the grotto's next to the clearing. Maybe it is. Did you think of that? I did not. You know, we could sit in the clearing next to the grotto. 
We could. Or in the grotto next to the clearing. I'm going to have to go away and think some stuff. <laughs> Lovely listeners, we're going to talk to you all next time. As per usual, if you want to find us online, my name is Suzanne Martin. You can find me on Facebook under that name or you can find me on Twitter at Deeper in Jeans. And if you want to find me online for any reason, then you don't. Um, you totally <laughs> do! Um, I'm, I'm on Facebook as Kate Colbin. You can find me there and I'm obviously linked to Suzanne as well. And if you want to uh, come and join us on our Facebook uh, page, um, which is at fb.com slash frithcastpod, you will find there um, links to our little little group that we have going on Facebook and to our Discord server where we usually hang out um, with uh, some of our friends from the virtual campfire. And you can come and uh, chat, see us there, and uh, we can we can chat there. So, lovely listeners, if you have any comments, questions, or queries, you are welcome to contact us on social media and ask away. My messages are always open. We will talk to you all next time for episode 120 of Frithcast. We hope you're looking forward to the random reel as much as we are. <laughs> <laughs> See you then. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.